Welcome back to another edition of It's Raining Mets. Ed Russo here. Yeah, it's the Merry Christmas edition. Tom Russell here. And it Ed, it's been a wonderful year. Uh, a little, folks are a little disappointed in the weather department as we were near Christmas time because we didn't get that white Christmas. No, we didn't. But you know what? Um, the weather outside is not frightful. It's actually quite delightful. <laughs> yeah, it's not too bad. Uh, Ed actually made a Twitter post about Round Top uh, making a little snow. So, I, you know, you can find some snow yeah. in a very specific place if you're looking for snow. Yeah, so I always think, you know, some of the homes that are facing, that are just north of Ski Round Top, you know, uh-huh. if, if you look out of their window just right, it looks like top. it's a snowy. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, people who live just north of the hill that have it in their, their living room window, they'll kind of have a white Christmas. The Interesting. The hill to the side, you know. yeah. And some of it uh, actually blows off onto the side of the mountain when the wind's uh, yeah. The thing about the white Christmas is everybody has such a short memory. I've talked to so many people this year that didn't realize we had a healthy nine-inch snowfall a week before Christmas last year. They're like, oh, you know, everybody says it doesn't snow at Christmas time. That never happens. I'm like, remember last year? But then, Ed, what happened on Christmas last year? Mm, I don't want to talk about it. 60s storms. <laughs> it was long gone by Christmas. You know, I really like, I just, um, like, if it's not going to snow, fine, but just be cold. Like, be nice and festive. Seasonable, cold. right. Exactly. Festively like, cold. I hate 50s. I hate rain on Christmas. Right. Well, I think it's a little insult to injury because, you know, so many times we have the cold, but not the moisture. Now you have the moisture, but not the cold. And that's even worse because it's just rainy. And you're like, wow, if it was a little bit colder, it could be snow. And And you know uh, what? The entire state, nobody in the state is going to see it. Well, you sent me something that, you know, the, the snowfall, coverage map there's no snow in the state really well maybe it by erie right uh, no i think, no, I think that's the, well whatever lake effect they've gotten has melted right and then it turned so, kind of cold but it wasn't favorable for lake effect it's very snow free yeah. uh so let's talk about that i mean we're here in the podcast we we started back in october early november saying okay we think chris uh, we think winter is going to get off to a fast start and it did because um you know november was below average november was chilly but December has been way above average. Yeah, yeah, it, it has. So, and unfortunately, you know, it, it, you know, I, I feel like we're going to be more seasonable, but I still don't see, at least within the next week, us being, you know, below average. No, I mean, right about average, which for us is, you know, uh, low 40s, right around 40 and 20s at night. Uh, so that is pretty consistent and then you look for okay somebody a big swing and temperature big storm system and i don't really see anything there is something just after the first of the year uh as we get into that first week that you know could potentially be something but you know you and i had a similar conversation about you know what's coming for christmas so we said well at least we have some moisture maybe it'd be cold enough and that of course didn't pan out so it didn't pan out it's hard to get excited about stuff we're seeing a week and two weeks out, you know. I, I mean, I will say it does look so, you know, we, we talk about the North Atlantic Oscillation before. And okay, well, that, well take that, a second to explain what that is. Yeah, so the, the North Atlantic Oscillation is a pressure pattern in the North Atlantic that can, uh, depending on what phase it's in, can create favorable conditions around here for 
snowfall. So uh, it basically sets up a pattern. It sets up a pattern. So, you know, the, the NAO is, you know, for the end of the month, and, and even this week has been slightly negative. That's why we've been able to, you know, we kind of warm up a little bit today, but we're about to get another cold blast tomorrow. So it does seem like we're in that more, could be getting in that neutral to negative phase over the next couple of weeks. So basically a negative NAO is when you have a big high pressure system over Greenland that causes uh, cold air to get into the northeast and it can't just escape as fast. It gets blocked. Mm-hmm. And when you have a low pressure system over Greenland, uh, you have a much more progressive you know, thing where the cold air moves in, moves out. And that's much of what we've seen this winter. Notice the past week, it's been chilly every day. We've been right. able to actually sustain cold around here because we do have more of a blocking pattern, negative NAO setup than we did a few weeks ago. The problem is we still have this big trough in the west, mm-hmm. um, this big dip in the jet stream out west. And when you ever have, whenever you have a big dip in the jet stream out west, that usually does not mean yeah. colder than normal around here. I mean, I think the NAO is helping at least get us a more sustained cold pattern, and that's nice for Round Top. They've started to blow snow. Yeah, at least they um, can make it. Right, but what you really need is not just a, a North Atlantic oscillation per se, but also you need you know, the jet stream to be in a favorable pattern out West and it's not, I mean, well, yeah, well, I mean, it's favorable for them. They were, they were in such a snow drought for the first part of the season. Places like Denver didn't have any snow, uh, some of their latest dates on record, but now the Pacific Northwest is getting snow. As a matter of fact, I think I was reading Seattle may have a white Christmas. So think about that. Seattle, Washington has a white Christmas and we don't. Yeah. And, and also keep in mind, Seattle had, you know, uh, got up to 110 this year. They've had quite an interesting <laughs> had year. Uh, you know, yes. and they're, I think they're actually about to enter a pretty long stretch here after the first of the year, I think, of uh, a, a sustained period of below normal, uh, below freezing. For, that's what I mean. That's really unusual for them to be yeah, that cold. So, so they're de- the, the pattern we're in right now definitely supports cold and snow out west. Right. So to, to your point, then, if it's cold and snowy out west, it ain't coming here. So it's yeah. the whole yin and yang. Uh, so when do we see that flipping? Do we see that flipping at some point? Yeah, you know, and it's just it's just the overall, you know, La Nina pattern that we're in is supporting this. So the only time I think we really have a, the potential to see a favorable pattern is when we have a very strongly negative North Atlantic oscillation. And it's slightly negative now, but it's still not necessarily enough to overcome uh the jet stream pattern that's influencing our weather out west. All right, Ed was putting it here. Ed was putting together something recently, and let's talk about this real quick, uh, about the kind of winter we're going to have when we were putting together our preview and, and whatnot. You brought up some analogs, and I think, if I'm mistaken, one of those analog was 2015 to 16. And there was one of those winters where it was really mild in, in uh, December, Christmas time. And then it just totally flipped, and, and January was really cold. Uh, I, jumping out of my mind, February of 15 was the coldest on record. It just sticks with me for some reason. Um, but can you think of that analog that you were talking about? Well, oh, yeah, yeah. 15, uh, January, 16, or? January 1996. Oh, 96. Oh, I thought it was something more recent. Yeah, no, I mean, there have been re- – I mean, the past two winters – or last year was a La Nina winter, and we actually saw above normal temperature – above normal snowfall, slightly. I mean, it, that's yeah, not to not... Say, say in this kind of pattern, in a La Nina winter, you can't have above normal snowfall. It's just less likely. 
Well, that's why I was trying to think of something more recent where, you know, December was warm, but January was cold. The problem with 96 is, yeah, we had a ton of snow, but the reason we had the flood is we went to 68 degrees yeah, uh, and all that snow melted. So mm-hmm. uh, I'd have to look back and see just how cold that January actually was. Yeah, it was we yeah, snow, the, first, but... the first 10 days of January is when we saw most of our snow that winter. Right. Um, so, yeah, I was trying to think if there's a more recent um, indicator of, you know, how, how quickly we could flip in a typical winter. Uh, I guess my biggest surprise coming into this, Ed, and I've shared with you this privately, that we're way overdue for a pretty harsh winter. And we haven't had that. And the way this one is getting off to, uh, you know, mild start, uh, being a moderate La Nina year, it doesn't look like it's going to be a harsh winter, right? No, I mean, you know, most of the time, again, we have a La Nina like this more often than not. If you look at all the years since 1980, all the La Nina yeah. years since 1980, which I'm going to guess there have maybe been 15 of them, um, you know, a good chunk of them, a huge chunk of them were, uh, were below average winners in terms right. of snowfall. So La Nina does have a larger influence on our snowfall than other smaller, you know, pressure patterns that might put us temporarily in a favorable pattern for, for cold and snow around here. Well, the other thing that is jumping out of me, and you also brought this up recently in the presentation that, that you did was the, was a 2019 where we didn't have snow hardly at all. We had what, five inches for the season. Yeah. Uh, you brought up the fact that, it was also one of the latest on records as far as getting snow, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't yep. it? Yeah. So latest we got snow and also the le- one of the least. Was that the least snowiest winter? Um, it was right there if it wasn't the least. So what was the latest? The latest on record is like February, isn't it? Early February before yeah, we so got I think measurable so. snow? I think so. It was something ridiculous like that. Ugh. I hate to see us go through that. You know, if people get cold, they want to see some snow. <laughs> I right. think it's been my experience. Um, so as far as a flip, there's there's no indication right now of a major flip. But at the same time, we can't go through three months like this, can we? No. No, and we never do. I mean, there's always like this little period where, you know, we do get a, a freshly fallen accumulating snow. It just may not be much. Right. So, you know, the deeper you get into winter without it um, – the more likely uh, chance we get into not getting close to normal, which is around 30. But again, we you know stress less than 30 inches a year per year, or, or for this year rather. Just All right. Well, you know, meteorological winter is December, January, February. I'm looking at December now. We're 5.2 degrees above average, so it's been very, very warm. The other thing that jumps out is me. We're very dry. We're two 2.18 inches behind rainfall wise. So we haven't had a very active pattern at all. No, no. So it's and, been warm and dry. Yeah, and and of course, whenever we do get enough moisture, it's always on the warm side of things because that pressure, that uh, storm track is just. Whenever you get a storm that really strengthens, it develops and moves up through the Great Lakes, which puts us on the warm side of the system. Right. And technically, we have had snow, but that was November. Yeah, when we got had, to go back to uh, November. Right at, right at uh, Thanksgiving, we had 0.1. Uh, 
on the 27th, so right after Thanksgiving. Just so a, technically, we've had our measurable snow, but boy, it's not much. Yeah, <laughs> just a sneeze of snow. That's it. <laughs> That's kind of gross, but yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. All right, so we have uh, about a week to go in uh, December. We think it's going to be fairly normal, but, you know, that's chilly by December standards. And then uh, January, hopefully, we'll get some kind of flip here and, and actually get into some winter. So you, th you feel pretty confident we get a, a colder January at this point. Yeah, and I think it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day because, uh, you know, I know last weekend, just to give you some perspective at how models change, the models we use that help us put a forecast together, last right. weekend, you know, both the GFS and Euro were both showing us in the mid-60s. Or what? For Christmas? Yeah, for Christmas Day. Uh, Christmas. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And that, you know, over the last few days, it's trended back, you know, significantly. More seasonable, yeah. Yeah, more seasonable. But um, there's like a, there's a, you know, a, I think like a 1030 high sitting over Southeast Canada Christmas Day. So I'd be, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, the cooler air still put up a fight and we, you know, didn't hit 50 on Christmas Day. Oh yeah, I'm definitely going upper 40s for. Uh, I've been yeah. uh, I've been holding at 48, 49. I don't think we'll break uh, out of the 40s. Yeah, right. All right, all right. What else is on your mind here as we enter into the new year? Oh, just uh, just all these goals I'm going to set for myself that I'm going to break and fail. <laughs> Boy, what a positive outlook you got there. <laughs> Very it's impressive. That, it's that time of year where everyone uh, <laughs> makes promises to make themselves a new them. A new better person. A new yes. better person. <laughs> um, you know, it, it is that kind for, for New Year's resolutions. Uh, in the weather world, we hope to, to not see another tornado outbreak like we saw in December that uh, happened a couple of weeks ago. That was, uh, you know, pretty devastating for Kentucky and, and, and those and, areas. And did they finalize the track on that? I, I know through Kentucky that the tornado entered Kentucky, so it was still on the ground when it entered the state. But I think uh, the National Weather Service determined it was on the ground for 128 miles in Kentucky. In Kentucky, right. So that doesn't count, uh, you know, before it gets to the, the state line. So I don't think the final review is in because all the states have to coordinate and all the different uh, weather offices have to coordinate. I mean, but... just, just think about how much is involved with that. I mean, you're talking about potentially over 200 miles of damage. And it's just crazy that uh, the amount of time that must take. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then you have to weigh everything. The, the two strongest were uh, recorded as an EF-4. Uh, with almost uh, 200 mile per hour winds, like 190 mile per hour winds, so uh, pr pretty darn impressive, um, and certainly uh, one that should get our attention. Yeah, you know, and a lot of you know, I I remember when the National Weather Service in, P in Paducah shared some of their prelim preliminary surveys. There were so many people making actually kind of nasty comments to them, saying, you know, this this should be an F5, and you know, why would you rate this EF4? Well, first of all. It, it, you know, the surveying isn't subjective. It's an objective. Well, of course, it's always subjective when you're making observations and trying to determine how strong something was. There's always some level of subjectivity. But at the end of the day, it is primarily an objective process. And they determine wind speed from the damage that was caused. Right. I mean, if a certain structure is damaged, then it gets this rating. If a, right. 
you know, a certain size tree goes down, it gets this rating. So there are some objective, you know, measurements there. Right, sure. And it, it's still preliminary. Like none of this is, right. like none of it's final yet. So so that could change. But it's not, it's not just, you know, you see a house that's destroyed. I mean, are you talking about a brick house? Are you talking about a straw house? I mean, you remember the three little pigs, the wolf could blow right. down the straw house, but couldn't blow down the, the red brick house. Well, the the wind speed from his uh, from his howling was the same, but obviously the structures are going to have a different uh, reaction to the speed of the wind based on how well they're built. So structural in integrity is is built into the equation. So it's not just you can't just look at something and determine a rating. You have to determine well what's the structure made of, uh, well, and all that stuff. And and it's important to understand that a lot of stuff is still under rubble. So as they uh, reveal more destruction, they'll maybe revise some of these things sure. if they find something else that uh, was damaged. So. And I'll tell uh, you, I I, uh, you know, I looked, I've you know, looked at a lot of the aerial shots and and the ground footage of, of the damage, and I didn't see anything that jumped out to me as F five, you know, because. When you're looking at F5 damage, not only is the house destroyed, but all of the, all of the destroyed rubble is swept away. It's yeah, that's a good point. The only evidence that there was a um, sorry about that, my uh, cat's going into his brown bag again. <laughs> <laughs> he just he he knows that you know I'm doing this podcast and wants to come in here and make make noise. Of course, um, he's got to get on the podcast. Yeah. So, yeah, it's swept clean. You know, an F4 tornado is just going to create a mound of rubble, but it's not necessarily strong enough to totally destroy it and carry all of it away. So I didn't see any foundations swept clean, at least in the footage I saw. So nothing, nothing, it looked obvious F4 to me, but it, I didn't see anything obvious that indicated it was an EF5. But again, right. I, didn't, I didn't see the whole track. Right, and yeah, and that's why you got to leave it to the folks who are doing the ground surveys, and sure. you know, yeah, I mean, these are pros; they know what they're doing, and uh, you have to give them the leeway. It's amazing, like you said, how some people are cheering or wanting it to be an F five, just so they can they can say they lived through an F five. That's ridiculous. Or just, or just, you know, it, it just comes down to well, it's a better story. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, really. I, I think that's kind of the motive. Like people are like, you know, they're disappointed because it doesn't sound as interesting i mean an f4 tornado is a horrible thing yeah i was gonna say 190 mile per hour winds is, is plenty i'm good i'm good yeah. and uh, you know, i was reading other comments were saying you, that were saying you know you you mean to tell me you can really tell the difference between 200 and 190 it's all the same to me yeah really okay so when you're building a, a bridge you don't think a, a fraction of a millimeter makes a difference in possibly causing a bridge that's susceptible to collapse I sure mean, does. Measurements are incredibly important, and he was trivializing it. Right. So it's just a lot of uh, arrogance and uh, ignorance. Yeah, ignorance too. Yep. Well, uh, anything else you want to discuss before we get to the new year? Uh, no. I'll did I say Merry Christmas to you though? I know. That, um, I will. I know you're off as we head into Christmas weekend. And um, yes. Funny Merry story. Up until a few minutes ago, you actually thought you were. Uh, <laughs> How does that feel to think that you're working Christmas Day and then two days beforehand you find out that you're not working Christmas? And it's a Christmas miracle is it's what it Christmas is. It's a Christmas miracle. It, and I've just lived it out thanks to you. And so. I, I love that I got to experience your, your joy. Well, and my joy is overflowing, so I hope that uh, 
you carry on that joy. Yeah, but thank well, you for I, all I, your hard work. I appreciate it. And I and you know we we both appreciate Steve uh, filling in very on much Saturday. That's you know that's my normal day um, right. to work anyway, and and he offered to to take it up this year. So it's always it's always a blessing when you when you work with people who are always helping yes. you out and you know returning the favor. So, very thank much. Thank you, Steve. Very much. Thank you, Steve. We love you. Uh, we look forward to uh, more weather talk in the new year. So uh, have a wonderful holiday season. Uh, Ed, thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Tom. You're listening to It's Raining Mets.